The Age of Spiritual Machines had 147 predictions. 86% were correct to within one year. Yo, welcome to my summer lair. I'm your host, Sammy. Hope you're ready for this one because it's going to be a long one. Yunan. My guest is Rain Maida, the lead singer of Our Lady Peace. So yes, this is going to be a clumsy introduction because somewhere out there, there are innocent listeners who will be confused by the Web3 topics he and I cover in this My Summer Layer conversation. History lesson, kids. Web1 was the classic static websites of the late 90s, early 2000s. Think digital pamphlets. There's no interaction. Back then, you were listening to classic OLP albums like Naveed and Spiritual Machines. Web 2 refers to websites that emphasize user-generated content, ease of use, and like most university courses, you get graded on, of course, participation. So basically, social media really. By then, you were posting on Facebook, listening to OLP's Gravity, and tweeting to Healthy and Paranoid Times. Now, right now, as I speak, we're entering Web 3. That is being dominated by scary words that are often properly ill-defined. Cryptocurrency, metaverse, blockchain, and even NFTs. Wish Vincent Price could have done the scary words. Anyways, for their recent OLP album, Spiritual Machines 2, it was pre-released to their fans as an NFT. So you could buy it before it appeared on streaming sites. This NFT for Spiritual Machines 2 was more than just an album. You know how uh, a DVD of of a popular movie is loaded with extra goodies, commentaries, and making of specials? Spiritual Machines 2, the NFT, was like that. I'm going to provide two primitive examples so you can get a sense of what's happening and what we're talking about. In physical real estate in every city, there are really expensive neighborhoods. There are ghetto areas where you shouldn't be there after dark. And sometimes you shouldn't even be there in the day. Uh, There are areas going through gentrification and whose value will soon be elevated. So generally, when you buy a house or go to rent building floors in a big tower, skyscraper, office space, you have a sense of what to expect to pay. Now, we're applying that same principle, the idea of all those neighborhoods and their value and their worth, we're applying that same principle to the web. We're assigning financial value and ownership to digital property in a way that is transactable. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, even YouTube, those were all sweatshops you willingly signed up for. The popular companies that own and run these uh, platforms, big tech, basically, they made billions of dollars and you, you did not. That hurts and that sucks. Web3 seeks to repair that damage. It gives you digital control of your assets. You're no longer renting. You've bought property. Yeah. Property that includes NFTs. Think of it like this. If you buy a t-shirt in a store, they give you a receipt. So even though Nike made more than one Jordan t-shirt, you have a receipt and you own that t-shirt. When you walk down the street or ride the subway, people can see that shirt that you own. 
Owning that t-shirt means you can sell it. Owning that t-shirt means you don't have to wear it every day. Or if you want, you can wear it every day. Perhaps maybe if they only made a limited run, that t-shirt that you own is now valuable because of scarcity. That is what OLP did with the NFT release of Spiritual Machines 2. Replace t-shirt with album and all the extras, and you can understand why their hardcore fans would be excited. For those fans, that is digital ownership in a prime online neighborhood. Those special connections are what Rain is building with his new company, Drops. Drops is a live event platform that helps artists build communities that they own. The last part is Web3. It is empowering bands to control their data to manage their digital assets. Digital assets seems like a big clunky word, but think of it like this. When a band releases an album, there is the album cover. So you can search for Google Images. When a band releases an album, there are lyrics that end up populating on sites like Genius and other lyric sites. When a band releases an album, there are um, obviously the songs, but then there are remixes. Sometimes there are outtakes. Sometimes there are demos. Sometimes there are B-sides. An album creates a lot of digital assets just naturally because of the, the way that it is. Same thing with movies. Movies create a movie poster. Movies create a trailer. Movies create clips. Movies create the actual movie. There are outtakes, funny bloopers, all kinds of things like that. Those are digital assets that are naturally created by the simple act of creation. So back to this idea of empowering bands to control their data. If you got upset because Elon Musk purchased Twitter... You can delete your account, but you walk away with nothing. Elon wins. You do not. That's Web 2.0. So Rain is here at Collision Conference asking, what if there's a better way than just tweeting and IGing to connect with his fans? Is there a better way for all bands to build healthier relationships? It's like a marriage. Is the old way of doing things working If not, how do we adjust for this new reality or these present circumstances? This is a good metaphor to spark this My Summer Layer conversation with Rain Maida because he released a 2019 documentary, I'm Going to Break Your Heart, with his charming wife, Chantal Kraviazic, who sang, Ever since I met you on a cloudy Monday, I can't believe how much I love the rain. Oh, yes. Sound, the final frontier. My Summer Layer is an enterprise a pop culture voyage with a continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new creators and celebrate established producers, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now here is your host, Sammy Yunan. I know here we're here to talk about the future, but I want to start with the past. Your 2019 documentary with your wife, Chantel, I'm going to break your heart. Uh-huh. Obviously, you guys are like touring it. You have some November dates, but I want to start there because that, is like a great focus point of kind of what you do. To make a movie, it's technology and creativity all happening at the same time. Yeah, that's a great observation. It really is, especially we were so involved in that documentary, like right down to the editing. Mm -hmm. You are, you're using technology, you are, it's collaboration on high. Um, And it was a very small team. So it it was an amazing experience. And yeah, really proud of that doc. 
Yeah. So even though it is a small team, it's still also a community because you guys are in the trenches, basically. Like, yeah. I, I mean, you know, we made it with friends, basically. Mm -hmm. So I'd I'd worked with our our DOP before on some on some videos. He's super talented. Uh, the director was a friend. Our producer was a friend, and that was that was literally a couple other people, and that was it. So I I do like keeping things small, and you build in a, a certain trust amongst with the larger team things start to get a little bit off the rails sometimes but with um with a a real small team that you trust i think that's what made that's what made it such a, a joyful experience because it's not easy to make a film no like it's it, not it's not and so this was it's definitely had a, a, a few stressful moments but my memory of it overall is is amazing yeah that almost sounds like a band, like a small group of people kind of like working for this one project. That's kind of how I work, you know, even on the tech side, the, the companies that I've I've started, I I think being lean and being able to have people that, you know, can can do multiple things or or, or have different skill sets, I think that's I think that's key to, to to success in any kind of startup. What about communication because that sometimes can get tense especially in like those creative settings. Well, our film is really it's all Lots about of tension. It's, well, it's all about communication though. It's all about getting better at communicating, right? It's using mm -hmm. these these tools that we've learned from like our our marriage coach and and different kind of therapists that we've talked to. It's not about therapy so much it is about just getting a better toolbox for expressing yourself, being heard, listening, like active listening, right? So mm -hmm. the irony is we're making a film about that. But we're also having to put in practice. I mean, we're on a very crazy little small island in the middle of winter. There were some flare-ups, but having those tools to rely on, I think, you know, it's a maturity. It's it's uh, it's a bit of wisdom, but it's putting stuff into practice. Practicing what you preach, right? Yeah. I want to pick up on a couple of threads that you just mentioned, which is expressing yourself. Because you just recently, for Our Lady Peace, you guys put out the uh, Spiritual Machines 2 album. And in addition to that... You sold 500 NFTs. Yeah. So this is a unique expression of how like a band is introducing an album, connecting with their fans. Yeah. How did you feel or how did you view that experiment or wasn't even an experiment? I think it's all an experiment, especially when you're talking about Web3 and NFTs. I think I think what I what I really relate to and and kind of hold on to is some of the fundamental values and pillars of Web3, mm -hmm. whether you believe in it or not, the idea of portability, the idea of like my my ownership of my fan relationships, not relying on third-party platforms. So mm -hmm. the NFT thing gave us the opportunity to connect direct to our fans, give them all this bonus content and get them the album before, I think six or seven weeks before it went on Spotify or Apple. Mm -hmm. So the idea of, like I said, like that transparency, direct relationship with the fan, that is web three or web two that is something all artists need to start understanding and and taking hold of just so we can kind of flesh this out a little bit because i know these terms are new for some people right um like i guess an example of what you're talking about is like the old way used to be like if you're a photographer you would go out take some really cool photos you go to our lady p show and take some photos of the concert or whatever and then you would put them up on ig and then you would get likes and comments and people be like, oh, you're a really good photographer. You're great at taking the lens cap off, right? But IG or Facebook or Twitter, wherever you put the photos, they would be collecting the money. Yeah. And so you as a photographer, you're working hard and you're shooting and you're Photoshopping and doing all these things. 
but you're not collecting the money. Yeah, I I, I look at it. Uh, yeah, I think you're you're right on the money. Um, the idea, especially related to music, and I and I think this probably relates to art as well in the same it's parallel universe here, but. The idea that 10 years ago or five years ago, these platforms came in and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. They kind of removed all the gatekeepers. They democratized the space, right? All of a sudden, you could release a song if you wanted to. Right. Anybody could be heard. Anybody could be seen. Anyone had a chance at maybe building a career where before it was very consolidated. The problem is they've now become the new gatekeepers. And like you're saying, they've built billion dollar unicorn businesses off the backs of creators and artists like you and me. Mm-hmm. We're not proper stakeholders in those relationships. We don't get paid. They want us to accept that shares, likes, and follows are our form of payment. Right. That doesn't pay your bill, mm -hmm. and that definitely doesn't pay a band's gas bill yeah. to get from Philly to D.C. Right. Or and Winnipeg you, and to you got Thunder kids, Bay. too. You got to feed kids. Y yeah. <laughs> the music business in general mm -hmm. is about to collapse. It's a dirty little secret no one wants to talk about, but you get an artist, you get a, an agent, a manager mm -hmm. in a conversation like this, and they'll tell you what's up. Right. And it is dying because we've all relegated to build communities on third-party platforms that we don't own. So the flip of this, the only way to save the business, and maybe art as well, is to start owning those fan relationships, owning that relationship direct. I don't say consumer because I don't consider a fan a consumer. Right. But direct trusted relationships are the only way. If we if we continue to just rely on on the platforms you mentioned, mm -hmm. we're dead. Literally, right. we're dead. And it's interesting because your mindset, Spiritual Machines 2, was like the 10th album for yeah. Our Lady Peace. Congratulations, Damn. right? Yeah, like, wow. That's, uh... I should retire now. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. Um, but... You still view yourself because the way you're talking, you almost view yourself as an independent artist. Is that accurate? Hundred percent. Like, like even uh -huh. though you are obviously like, Yo. you're not in the coffee shops anymore, hustling or busting. no. But 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 as soon as you sign a record deal, we side with Sony, so that's like one of the biggest major labels in the world. Early mm -hmm. on, I don't have bad things to say about Sony in terms of they did, they got us to a certain level. Like mm -hmm. they, they helped. They mm -hmm. were very supportive. But they were gatekeepers, 100%. Right. We got our dot-com back. Mm -hmm. They weren't going to give it back. We got it back because a friend, of, a good friend of ours on our team noticed one night it, it went up for sale again, and they just didn't have like an on-auto. Oh, renew? And we got it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that's like a symptom of, of the gatekeeping. But like, like I said, the new, the new technology and the new platforms are even worse gatekeepers in a sense because they gatekeep our data. Right. And you artists, mm -hmm. photographers, film, we got to get in the data game. Mm -hmm. If we continue to be shut out of the data game, we are literally dead in the water. And you're seeing it happen in the movie business now. Netflix, they won't tell you mm -hmm. how many views, how much money they're making. Like it's uh, there's no transparency there. Right. So I live in LA. Those people are on strike for a good reason. They're worried mm -hmm. about AI as well, but like we want transparency. I want to I want my data to be portable. Like I built those those communities on these platforms if i feel like you know what you're fucking up or i don't like what you did i don't like your ethos in the company mm -hmm. I'm, I'm bailing i want to move my community i can't i can't move them they're not portable right so when we talk about web3 we just saw that sorry recently with like elon musk buying twitter a lot of people were like i don't know what to do yeah i, wa I want to get out of here i want to get out of here but are you going to start from zero again sunk cost fallacy okay I, I put i put pictures of me eating breakfast on instagram 
I never wanted to do that, but I'm trying to build, I'm trying to play the game and build a community. Mm-hmm. I'm done. I'm yeah. it's over. It doesn't work. Yeah. Like I said, we're not stakeholders. So for artists, which is obviously what I when I'm dealing, why I'm here at Collision to talk, it's like artists need to understand that they have to start opening those fan relationships or it's over. I I, I sit with artists every day. I talk to managers. They're 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 leaving the industry. And I think that's really sad. And I think that's it'll end up being a cultural stain on this point of history because there'll be a gap where mm-hmm. we don't have those it, it, unfulfilled careers, artists that are incredibly talented, mm-hmm. but don't do it because they just know there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Unwritten songs. So, yeah. If you went to a, a, a concert at Scotiabank a couple weeks ago and it was sold out, you're not seeing this or feeling it. If you're at Coachella, it's like everything's great, but everything below those headliners struggling struggling to struggling to break even yeah struggling to pay the rent what you're talking about is almost like there's no middle class there is no middle class you can be like drake or uh weekend or whatever like taylor swift and obviously like pulling in millions or you're basically at a coffee shop and like open people pass it, the jar you're not at a coffee shop you're actually see we tend to romanticize music and and, and you can sell it look because and, and not to correct you, but I had no, an artist. I had an artist sit in my studio in LA the other day. I'm not going to name names. You would probably know who he is. Mm-hmm. His band. You've probably heard them. Maybe seen them. Sells out good size like venues and theaters. He's looking for a full time job. He just had a kid. He's still young, mm-hmm. but he knows like this. Like this might not get any better. And I'm breaking even. Right. I can't do this. Like as much as I love it, much as I have fans that are supporting me and going crazy on socials and it's not working like the Mm -hmm. business model is so broken and it's because we have to pay to reach our fans now and even then the like i i've i've paid i've done fifteen hundred dollar ad campaigns i've reached 0.29 percent of my fan base right that is corruption man that's payola that's craziness that is crazy I want to touch upon like some of that, the emotions you're talking about. The pandemic really revealed that people have a hard time living with uncertainty. I understand there was other things kind of going on, but nobody knew what to do about work. Nobody knew what to do. Like, are we going to live like this forever? It was really hard to live with uncertainty. With all this technology you're talking about, how do you as an artist, as a creative person, bypass some of the fear and the uncertainty? Because these are all kind of like small bets or risks. Well, that's why I'm in tech. You know, I built a platform called Drops with two R's and it's basically... It's an engagement tool to help artists at at their live shows. My theory is fans, not followers. Like that's the principle we've based drops on. Mm-hmm. Fans, not followers. Those people that are coming to see you at a show, they're already fans. They bought a ticket. You're right. Do not let them walk away anonymous. Do not let the ticket companies, the promoters, and social media own their data and you don't get a, a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Just get them in. So we, we, you know, and it's not about being extractive. It's not like, oh, we just got to get more money from our fans. No, yeah. you got to build a loyalty. You have to build trust. Mm-hmm. And so build those communities. We do it. We do it really well. We make it easy for artists, easy for fans, rewards. Um, but it's a value exchange that's, that's fair. We don't do subscriptions. I don't believe in, you know, like Patreon. I get it, but it doesn't work for artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I built this platform, Drops, is to really help artists walk away from a show with like 30 to 50% of those fans. Now they're in that community. Yeah. Now, now there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you're talking like the those key kind of connections, like when like a band pulls somebody up on stage to dance yeah, or something. Like, like the magic. I, listen, a- anyone that comes to an Our Lady Peace Point in the show in my career, 
I consider a super fan, mm-hmm. it's my responsibility to make them feel like one now. Right. Like introduce yourself and hang out and like... But maybe I can't do that with everyone. Right. But I can do that... Digitally. I can do that digitally. I can right. send them just because with our, our platform drops, we can send a note just to the people at the show. Mm-hmm. Just to say, hey, thanks for being in Boston tonight. That was so sick. Yeah. I can't believe we got two encores or whatever. Yeah. See you next time. Or, hey, keep a lookout. We're going to do some merch drops just for you guys. Like, it's just customized. Because if I do that on socials, most people weren't at that show. They don't care. They're going to mm-hmm. mute me or they're fucking passive fans anyway. They don't yeah. care. I, wanted, I want true fans. There's a, there's a book called The Thousand True Fans. Yeah. Kevin gonna, Kelly wrote yeah. it 12 years ago. That's it. That's it. Like that, you don't have to be a genius. That math works. You get a thousand true fans that pay $125 a year mm-hmm. for you, for your band, which right. true fans will. There's 125 grand. What if out of 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 true fans? Mm-hmm. Talking real money now. You're talking about a sustainable career. Right. And what you're talking about before, we're like, you didn't want to put you having breakfast up on like Instagram or whatever. Like, yeah. You you guys, like, for our piece have been together since the early 90s. It's not possible to kind of go back to, like, that hustling the way that you guys were doing, what you were doing in the 90s. The, the paradigm has shifted too much, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it took us a minute to realize that this new hustle, there's no ROI either. Mm-hmm. It's actually worse um, because it's, it's taking creative energy out of me as an artist. Right. But it's not, like I said, like... At Drops, we care about precise data. So I want to know who is at my show. I want to know, and I see this in the Drops dashboard after the show, oh, that fan, they lit up as green in my dad. They've been to four shows. Mm -hmm. Holy shit, I'm going to send them a personal message. Right. Or at least a group of fans that have been to multiple shows. I need to know. That's why I'm saying artists need to get into the data game. Mm -hmm. If 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 we continue to be shut out, dead, dead. It's over. Right. And so this is all for you, though, exciting. Like, it's not, like, this is what I was talking about before with the fear and the uncertainty. This is really exciting for you. This is hope. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's. Is that the right it's word? Exci- it's a movement. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, this is a movement we have to make. This is, mm-hmm. this isn't about a widget. It's not just, it's not just a platform that is like, it's not a business. It's a movement. Like, we have to get artists and it's so fucked because I talk to artists and managers every day mm-hmm. and artists will say, oh, I get what you're saying. So like, so the fans of my shows, like I will get a direct connection if we use your platform. And I'm like, yeah, like don't let them walk away anonymous. Mm-hmm. Don't do that anymore. All right. And then they're like, okay, this is really cool. I get it. And then they go back, they talk to their manager and then they come back to me and like, you know what? I talk to my manager. We love what you're doing. We're just not ready. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you need a new manager, bro. Yeah. Like, they're not, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. And so you need to move on because you are going to die as an artist. You will not make it. And, or I say, okay, that's great. You, you don't have to use drops, obviously. What are you using? Oh, nothing. We're just not ready. Well, then you're dead. Right. You're, you are dead. You are not, you're not, I, I know you show me a, a, a post of a tour. Mm-hmm. I've been in this business for long enough. Right. I will tell you they're going to make money where they're losing money. I know the size venues. I know how many people are coming. You know the mert. I, I, you can't play me. I mm-hmm. get it. Right. You need to. I know every artist, unless you're Drake or Weekend, maybe that makes so much money they don't care. They need to do this. What about like in music? There's a genre of soul music, obviously, right? Like it's very soulful. Yep. Can you inject like an element of soul or spirituality? I guess. I guess this is partly what you're talking about in terms of this connection. Can you inject soul into technology so it's not as cool? Yeah, that's what we do. The soul is the, the authenticity. The technology is just. Uh, it's just it, 
that's just the that's just the tool to make the connection. The soul comes from me sending like me seeing, hey, like I said, you've been to three shows. Mm -hmm. I am literally gonna from backstage on the drops out. I'm gonna send you a customized message saying, hey, I, 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 I know how how expensive tickets are. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's the soul because they they're not getting that now. You know what? Like socials are diluted, or they're not seeing. How many times I we just played two shows in Dal in Dallas and Houston. Morning, I wake up in Dallas. I'm looking on my phone, looking, you know, like you do. You look through your social feed. When are you guys coming to Dallas? Yo, I've been promoting this show for 10 fucking weeks on Twitter, mm -hmm. on Instagram, on TikTok. How did you not know? Like, you're, you follow me. How did you not know? Yeah. That's how it's broken. Right. So the ability to send them a custom message that they know is coming from me, that, you know, not to get in the weeds of the op our open rates on our emails are amazing because... The fans know it's from the artist. Mm -hmm. And so those custom notifications, those custom messages, they mean the world to fans. They want them. And by the way, they want to connect with you. Mm -hmm. They just have never had to wait. Their fans, no different than us, are just thinking, oh, we need to do it on socials. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't work. They're yeah. obviously missing it. Yeah, it's all, it's almost like we, you've gone full circle. It's like the old school uh, Much Music interac Interactives, right. right? Where they were closed down Queen Street and you could yeah, go man. and like take some photos with Duran Duran or whoever it was. And, like, that shit was you, sick. Right. And that's fun because it's like everyone's there and it's all Duran Duran fans and everyone's screaming and like... True fans. Mm -hmm. True fans, man. That's I, I God bless everyone that follows me, mm -hmm. but... I, I want to connect with true fans and I'm not asking for a subscription. Like right. I said, this isn't Patreon mm -hmm. drops. It's just about this authentic connection. And if we don't do it, I, I, I'm, you know, I've said enough on here, but we are dead. Yeah. As we're wrapping up, I want to ask you, like, I know there's elements of science fiction that pop up in your music. The science fiction influence, how you view the future and all this tech stuff. I'm I'm a Ray Kurzweil fan. We're friends with Ray. Yeah. Ray is a futurist, you know, like one of the leading futurists in the globe. Mm -hmm. um, and that's showing up in the two albums, Spiritual Machine. Yeah, of course. Right. And so I'm not sure if, it, you know, I think stuff starts as science fiction. AI started as science fiction. Right. <laughs> Singularity started as science. This but, is why I'm making the connection. But now we're like, you know, that wheel is spun and we're close. To, like Singularity is going to happen in the next five, six years. Mm-hmm. All race prediction, driverless cars, cochlear implants, like this shit all came true. His predictions for the future are really bright. He doesn't get a lot of play on it because we'd rather talk about this dystopian scorched earth. AI is going to take over and mm -hmm. it's going to be all Blade Runner. Exactly. Or, you know, Terminator. Mm -hmm. But yeah, race predictions are like solving poverty. AI is going to be so exponential that, you know, the food crisis, um, climate change, like we can't do that on our own, but AI will do that for us eventually. And so that's, you know, that when you say science fiction, I think a lot of stuff starts there, but knowing Ray now and watching him and basically writing two albums around his theories and predictions, this shit comes true, man. So <laughs> I think the future is bright. Yeah. That's a good way to end it there. So where can people find information on drops? Uh, drops.com is, is the website. Any artist can sign up for free. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not self-serve, but I, I talk to all the artists that sign up and we try to get everyone on that can. And, and pretty soon the self-serve options, you'll just be able to go on there and start a campaign and start taking back ownership of your, your fans. Yeah. Can we expect more NFTs as well? I, you know, the NFT thing is scary for fans. So I, yeah. I, I don't like to push that on them. Mm -hmm. Um, again, it, to me, it's the pillars data portability and i think that's important to note to about drops like after you build your community on drops 
If you use MailChimp or Klaviyo and you wanna you wanna continue to do that, you can export your community with a simple click of a button right mm -hmm. to MailChimp. We're not we're not a gatekeeper. Right. We're just helping you build a community. All right. Yeah. So you're just like a fairy, just helps you get to the That's other it, side. Man. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Rain, for like yeah, hanging thank out. Thank you. That was great. So, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yo, that was Rain Meta, the lead singer of Our Lady Peace. I'm Sammy, host of My Summer Layer. Woo! I did a long-winded introduction, so I'll keep my remarks brief. If any of this Web3 stuff interests you, I am not an expert. Truth is, right now, nobody is. However, I recommend checking out Bobby Hundred's 2023 book, NFTs Are a Scam slash NFTs Are the Future. One side of the book says NFTs are a scam. The other side, with the back where you normally would read what the book's about, says NFTs are the future. That's really kind of what it's at about. NFTs are a scam. NFTs are the future. As you can tell by his name, he's the founder of the streetwear company, The Hundreds. I wear their excellent gear. He works through some of the NFT and Web3 issues from a creative perspective. How can any of this newfangled tech help creative people? How do we avoid the scams and being ripped off? The internet gave us so much, but it also introduced us to spam email and sadly, Nigerian prince cons. Web3 is sadly no different, which I guess is human nature. Because Bobby writes through a creative lens, I recommend his solid book. It's a start, read and be curious. It's one of the things I appreciated about hearing Rain's perspective and experiences. He understands the tech stuff, the Web3 stuff, but he also understands the creative element. And there's got to be a way to balance those two things. In addition to Bobby's book, I also recommend my Substack newsletter. Like Rain talked about, I want better control over my digital assets and data. Sign up for my newsletter at mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. Substack is letting me build a digital beachfront property where we can all gather and talk about these My Summer Later interviews, insights we've gleaned, or even fresh pop culture happenings. Thank you to all who have signed up recently. I had a really good month. Welcome, new friends and new readers. If you want to join the party, it's mysummerlayer.com slash subscribe. I cannot wait to hear from you. Thank you so much for hanging out with me in a Netflix world. Web 3, yo.